0: Welcome to Therapy with Millennials, a podcast where we take our late night talks, aka our own therapy sessions, and put them on record for you to hear. We take a looser definition of therapy, so if you need to seek professional help, please do so.
1: Our main goal is that in sharing our stories, you will relieve some of your tension, and you will relate to us, so join us on this journey. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and join this listenership, and it helps us know how to get better, so please stop back to us. Hello, and welcome to Therapy with Millennials. I'm one of your hosts, Malia. And guys, it's been a hot minute since we've been back, but I am here to introduce to you the lovely Brittany. Yes, come back time! Hello, everyone. So if you guys have been following us, as this third season has been going, we just started and wrapped up our recap series. We ask that you go back and listen to it. And Brittany, if you
0: were to describe the Recap Series, what is it? The Recap Series, we've been taking either our favorite episodes or fan favorite episodes. And we've been, what it sounds like, recapping them. We give a little like introduction, beginning part. We re-edit and we kind of pick out our favorite moments um, from those episodes. Do you have a favorite from Recap Series? The recap series, the probably I guess the one I did the most on was talking about my favorite interview. I just enjoyed like reminiscing on that time. I liked that whole series that we did interviewing people about the Enneagram and had a really fun time doing that. So it just reminded me of that time.
1: I think it was interesting for me just the series as a whole when I first was kind of thinking about doing it. And I... Whenever we start a new season for me, I try to go back and listen to a majority of our previous season. And so to go back and listen to things that we said again, but with the mindset that, oh, I'm going to intentionally re- re-hear this <laughs> or put it out for right, consumption, Right. I was like, man, we said a lot of things. I'm not sure if I'm I'm really proud of all the things that we said, <laughs> but- it's interesting to go back and really hear yourself be very committed to whatever you're saying. And it's like, I don't believe like 70 something percent of that now I believe most of it, but like I've changed. Like I, I I don't know if I had that amount of space for change in my life, but it's definitely very real.
0: I usually don't regret what I say, but just like going back and listening, I'm like, why did we leave that in? Or why did I say that? Ooh. Yeah, there was a couple times I was
1: like, Brittany, why did you, <laughs> why did you leave me in there?
0: You better be careful. You never know.
1: Guys, if you could, couldn't tell from the title, we're kind of talking about dating again, but I'm hoping to kind of put a different spin on it this time. So last time when we talked about dating, we talked about everything, everything from our first crush to pressures of dating to pickiness to the dating scene to whether we liked guys who were gentlemen or not whether we cared about jobs or they cared about money capacity openness all that kind of stuff and this time I kind of want to talk about just what women want in general and kind of give descriptors for that I've been having some conversations with some other people about you know when when you ask someone to do something but you don't really give them a definition of what it is you're asking them to do. It's kind of unfair to then expect them to have done what you wanted in the manner that you wanted it done in when you gave no description. So I kind of want to go through a list of things that women say that they want in a guy and then kind of just go back and forth and talk about what does this look like on a Monday? What does this look like on a very stressed out Saturday? As much detail as we can give for you so that you can realistically do well in your relationships. So how does that sound? Sounds great. Sounds interesting. I'm excited. (laughs) So one of the first things that I saw on like almost every single list is a good listener. So do you agree?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I say that, but then like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not a good listener. (laughs) How so? Well, it always comes down to when I'm usually when I'm just tired or sometimes it's when I'm hearing the same thing again. I'm not a good listener. Which, like, even if they're saying it again, they're saying it for a purpose, and they may, you know, have changed some things, and sometimes I just zone out. I still think I am, in general, a good listener. And I think it's important to have a good listener in your relationship. Because being a good listener leads to good communication. And the... Main, in my opinion, the biggest factor in any relationships whether romantic or platonic or whatever, is good communication so i I definitely agree with all of that.
1: I think most of the time I'm a good listener i I've realized recently that I am fifty percent listening and fifty percent trying to fix whatever the
0: problem is. I was about to say i as like as you were. I just thought of that. I was like, but being a good listener doesn't mean someone who's listening and then thinking about you, you've kind of got like that stereotypical, what they think is a male mind, like the stereotypical, like you're listening, but then you want to also, you're trying to figure out how to fix it. And for women, especially we say good listener because we literally just want you to listen. We don't want you to take sides except for being like, Oh, that's rough. You know, like let's take our side. Usually. (laughs) We don't want you to try to fix it. That's not why we're talking to you. We're talking to you because we need to vent. We just need to let it out. And I'm like, so I don't want someone who's sitting there half listening and half thinking about how to fix it.
1: Yeah, I was listening to a marriage podcast and oddly enough, it was, a, it, well, not oddly enough. Usually it's a guy running it, but he was talking about, he was talking about a female's mind from a male's perspective. And he was saying like, when we think of good listener, we're thinking like, oh, you're listening to my problems and you've already got like the five point plan of how to fix this problem. And then it's like, guys, it's not even that deep. She literally just wants you to listen to her. (laughs) And I was just like, yes, preach that from the hilltops, please. Yep, definitely. I think I, to, to be fully honest, I am less of a good listener than I thought I was, but I'm more alert, I guess I would say, to the fact that when I hear problems, I do wanna fix it, but that's not even necessarily what the person might be asking for, so I'm literally just listening. I'm doing a lot more active listening recently. Within the last like year and a half, I would say especially, I'm trying to really have active listening skills. So something that you can take away. So like on a bad day, I might come home and tell my roommate I hate this and I hate this and I hate this and I hate this. And they turn it around and they're like, okay, you, you hate all that. And I hate, I hate those things with you. And it's just like, I don't know what it is about that. That makes me go like, wait, I can't hate all those things. I love this person or I like doing this thing. It's just this one moment in time was really stressful, but it's just having that person that you can just be raw and ugly with and they don't judge you for me being angry is really, really, really nice.
0: Yeah, for me, generally, like I said, I just want someone to listen. So if someone's trying to give me even the silver lining or try to like see from the other person's perspective or something like that, I'm just like, no, I just want you to sit there and listen with me. If you agree with me, that's even better. But like just sit there and listen. Mm, you know, just like nod. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then if I want anything from you, I can I will ask you. I'll be like, What do you think? You know, I'll ask the question. So then I'm asking for, you know, your input. But otherwise, I was like, just listen to me. So this is something that I'm going to probably strongly disagree
1: with, but I'm curious your perspective. Sensitive. Someone who's sensitive? Yes, someone who is sensitive. I personally strongly disagree, but I only I only agree in one circumstance. And I'm curious if you're similar to me.
0: Sensitive. So there's two there's two definitions of sensitive, like sensitive as in like the bad form of sensitive but i guess we're going with like the good form of sensitive that's like sensitive to issues or sensitive to two things i mean i don't know if i necessarily need that because i have a i have my own sensitivity and my own comprehension and understanding of things that i can generally help someone else to understand and have a sensitivity But, of course, I think it's good to be sensitive to – I'm trying to see, like, where specifically, like, sensitive to – the first thing that popped into my head was, like, female – femaleness. I don't know. But that doesn't sound right either. Thinking this out, I don't know if it's that important to me. Yeah.
1: So, for for me, sensitivity – my mind automatically went to just the dark side. Most of the time, my sensitivity is used for good. But for myself, it's used for bad. So in my head, my sensitivity is is usually very negative. And so I really can't stand when someone is super sensitive all the time, it like wears on me. Automatically, my mind went to the negative. So switching gears and then thinking of the positive side of sensitivity, I think I really would like for someone to kind of have a clue of what's going on. Right. Like when, when the environment in a room changes, like I am so, so like almost ungodly aware of when the mood changes in a room. And I would like for him to just have a measure of that on a good Tuesday <laughs> 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 to understand, probably shouldn't say that in this situation. Like you have no idea. She's PMSing. Like that it's her, her, her future blow up is not going to be an excuse, but I'm telling you, she's PMSing. I have PMS. We're crazy. So just someone who's smart enough to be paying attention. Right. Now, I don't think that that necessarily means you have to be like emotionally and empathetically sensitive. Right. But you have to be an aware. I'm going to say aware a lot in this episode, guys. So if you don't like the word aware, you're going to have to turn it off. <laughs> you're just going to have to be aware of yourself enough to be sensitive to what's going on in the room for me. Did you want to say
0: more about that? No, I think that's that's kind of where I was going with that. Like your thoughts is that. He doesn't need to be like sensitive to every little thing. I mean, of course, I'm not either, but I also maybe not as well as Malia, but I can like tell when the mood has shifted or this is not a good time to bring this up or something like that, or I just get a feeling or whatever. So I think that that's important. They have some ounce of that. You can work on that. So the next one that was really high on the list, so this list is kinda out
1: of order, but I tried to stay mostly like top top 10. The next one was loves kids or is family-centered? For me, that's huge. I've mentioned before in the other episode, granted it was like in season one, so you probably don't remember. I really want kids, like I want a large family. So for me, not just loving me and being content with having me in your life, but having other kids to have kids in your life. And then also for me personally, I strongly, I have very strong feelings about adoption. Like I want to adopt. And so for me, like even on top of being family oriented, oriented and wanting kids is the capacity for other, to have other people's children in our home. And I was having a conversation with someone who I consider very compassionate, loving towards children, and just is, is going to be such a great father in the future. But it was just really interesting to to talk about capacity and having capacity for children that aren't yours. And I think, in part, the reason that I have capacity for a lot of children that aren't mine are is my profession. Like I'm I'm a nanny by profession. It's it's literally my job to love other people's children like they're my own and take care of them like they're my own. And my mom has done that for years when I was younger. And so I just
0: have a lot of capacity for that. So I would need someone who has a lot of capacity for that. I agree in the fact that, like, personally, for me, he needs to love kids because I want kids. And it's an important conversation to have with someone before marrying them or even getting engaged. Like, do you even want kids? Because if it's something that you want and then they don't want, you're either not going to change their mind or you're going to force them into something that they don't want. I do hate, like, I've seen, like, some of my friends uh women like my my female friends telling you know like telling people I don't want kids I don't want to have kids and people are like oh well once you have them you'll change your mind and things like that and and I don't think that's right to tell people that like if a woman doesn't want a kid she doesn't want a kid and I think that's also fair for a man too if he doesn't want kids he doesn't want a kid but those two the 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 one who wants a kid and the one who doesn't probably should not be marrying each other I think because that's not something that you're going to change per se or it's something that if it does change it should change before you decide to have a whole life together because there's no guarantee that that mind will change now loves kids in a general sense we can't I can't say that like like I said that I have some female friends that are like I don't want kids so I don't think loving kids or loving kids is like higher on their priority list because when we think when we hear loving love kids we think they want kids of course I want like I think everyone should love kids like I don't want you hating kids like or you know being like around them or anything like that but yeah I think it's an important conversation to have and it's definitely something on my list because I want kids and this is something that we're going to
1: address later on but like even for me if someone were to if I were to be with someone and then we get more serious, and they were to tell me they didn't want kids. For me, I would personally call that lying. That's how serious I am about like, don't don't disagree with me because you think it's gonna m- make it better. And I'm eventually gonna change that. Like, I've I've been like this since I was six years old. I'm now 28. Probably not changing. So don't fib with me about like what you do and don't want. Be honest enough with yourself to say, You know, I have never either, if you don't know, just say I've never thought about having kids, but don't say I, I either do or don't want kids. If you're very unsure, I I would caution away from that. Okay. So another one is loves animals. I never thought about that until recently, but like the way people love their animals and like call them their children and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's something that someone needs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on, this is another depends on the person um for me personally not a big deal again in the general sense yes i would love that they love animals not some like cat kicker you know like (laughs) i don't want anyone like that in my life because those are red flag men okay if they don't even like have an ounce of likeness for a kid or likeness for an animal it's probably a red flag i'm just saying the the two most innocent beings in the world and you don't you're not a fan of them there's something going on loves animals not a super priority for me i do like having my my dog but i also wouldn't mind not having a dog or a pet you know as well so it's not super important to me if it's like he's like i don't want any pets i mean i'm allergic to my pet and i still have it but (laughs) i'm like if he doesn't want
1: i was about to say your spouse might need to intentionally not want animals because someone needs to
0: love you enough to say, Britney can live in a house that she can breathe in. <laughs> that is a right that she has. But anyway, so I don't think it's that important. Now, if we have kids and then the kids are like, I don't on you know, cat i'm like what do we do then <laughs> kind of thing because you don't have an animal <laughs> you're the adults in that house oh my god <laughs> i know but still i love to give a kid their first pet anyways so yeah i don't think it's that um it's not on my priority list now how about adventure i actually saw this on quite a few lists really? which i initially the
1: first couple to- lists i found i thought it was stupid but then i thought about it and i even thought about some of the conversations that we've had And I can see how that could be a priority in someone's life. Like if if someone's more of a homebody, I can see how their partner always wanting to be gone and going somewhere could be a strain. I can see how as being the person who wants to leave, feeling like you're always leaving your partner behind could
0: be a strain. So adventure, what do you think? I, a few years ago or sometime during college, I think, I learned from this couple, they've been married, they're an older couple, maybe in their 60s or 70s, married for a long time. She travels and does mission trips and then just travels places like overseas all the time. But he doesn't go with her. She's like, he went to like one or two trips with her. And then, you know, it's like he, it really wasn't his thing and it's her thing. They don't have any problem with that. My thing is, though, for me, I was that was the first time that I ever thought about I could maybe be with someone who doesn't want to travel like I do. But for me, I'm like, I literally want to live in other places. I don't want to just travel to them. So I i think for me, adventure is pretty when I think adventure, it's like spontaneity. Just like a willingness to just like pick up and go or, you know, we go we travel, we go live in another place. No strings attached, kind of. I think it's something that's definitely on my list. For that kind of life, I need someone. And I think that's part of the reason I don't have anyone right now. Because I live in that kind of like floaty area. <laughs> what about you?
1: So initially, I thought that having met on my list was dumb. After some introspection. And some uh, awareness, personal awareness. I think that it's at least like a 50-50 for me. Like, it's something that I'm now thinking about when I think of people that I'm interested in. I mean, there's no one right now that I'm interested in. But, like, I'm thinking about that because I don't want to always be going places by myself. And I don't even want to always be going on trips with, like, friends. Like, I want to be able to go on trips with my partner and it not be... Like, I'm dragging them here, and I'm dragging them here, and I don't i do not want to feel like I'm dragging them or they're dragging me. I think it's something that I, I'm now aware of, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, just because you love to be adventurous, I'm going to shut it down. I'm not going to be a joy kill, but like I also am aware enough to say I also don't want to be killing someone else's joy, so I need to be honest about what it looks like to be adventurous in my mind.
0: I know for sure I definitely just have to start thinking about... Because there's also times when I become an introvert and just want to stay in my room and not go anywhere. And I have to realize, like, even if I marry an adventurous person like me, they're also going to have those moments. And we may not have those moments at the same time. So my husband could suddenly be like, I really want us to stay here and not go anywhere for a while. And I have to, like, deal with that or compromise with that, you know? (laughs) Or, like, we have to figure something out because... I've now, you know, committed my life to this man. I can't just be like, oh, well, we're done. Though <laughs> so some people would.
1: The next one is morals. I put slash Christianity, depending on which list I was looking at. It was like either morals or Christian or whatever. 100%, a thousand percent, a billion zillion percent. Yes, for me. And for me, not even just like Christian by title or Christian by association. You need to be trying to live this. I've been in this game since I was six and a half and there's been ups and downs and it hasn't been perfect. It's not going to be perfect because I'm not perfect, but I, I cannot be in a relationship with someone who is not in it, who's unsure about it and who is not in a good place spiritually or personally to be able to lead our family or lead me. So that's, that's, I feel rather strongly about that one.
0: I, I feel like I kind of went downhill with that one, but like, I just feel very passionate about that one. No, in particular. that's, that's a good one. I'm kind of wishy-washy on it. I keep going back and forth a lot of times. I mean, I think I finally settled on definitely like within our beliefs need to be within the realm of Christianity. I don't think I can be marrying anyone outside of Christianity because those are far, far and apart and not a lot of middle ground there. But does he have to be, like, fully committed? I don't, like, I don't know. And that's because of my upbringing. My dad wasn't fully committed, and then he married my mom and became fully committed. But he was still the silent type, so my mom tended to lead the household as far as religion was concerned. And I think that's fine um, for her to, to be the leader in that. But then, of course, once my mom passed, my dad is back to kind of, like, not as much. So it's like, okay, it was it was my mom just, you know, pushing him through. And now, like, his new relationship, they don't. So he doesn't. So I don't know. It's It's a little half and half sometimes with me. All right. Next is People Loves Him. Now, I thought that this
1: was a joke, but I found this on two lists. So that's why we included it. I guess like people loves him. For me, the only people that really matter are the people that are in my life. Right. And not even like everyone in my life, the people in my life who I think are ho- either holding me accountable or would call me out if something was wrong. Deeply trust. <laughs> only the ones I deeply trust, I care, would love him. Outside of that, could care less, but I'm also kind of an aggressive type person. So that might be
0: just me. So what do you think? Well, when you're in love, I mean, they literally, like, they say you have, like, the, you know, the rose-colored glasses or you got your blinders on, right? Yeah. I always, like, I have always been outside of the relationship. And so I've been able to see and, like, my friends always came to me for advice. And I was like, I never understood it. I was like, why are you coming to me, of all people, for advice on your relationship? And it's because, though, I could see, like, I was not tainted by any other relationship that I had had. And I could see their relationship from the outside. And so, if the person, the people I love the most and trust the most are telling me he's not a good guy or like I don't really like him, there's something to that. They see the red flags before I do. So, definitely important that the people around me that I trust and everything love. The next is enjoys learning. I would say for me, I'm
1: now at the point. And I, I guess you could call this being picky, but uh, my life, my choices. I want someone who's trying to learn another language, or at least learn another culture enough to be open-minded enough that we are not the only things in the universe. So for me, I would want them. To, I'm trying to learn another language. My plan is to le- learn two other ones, hopefully before I get old and mentally decrepit. So I would want him to at least to try to learn at least one. And I feel strongly enough about it that I want. Our kids to learn at least one. I I hear about this more in Asian or Hispanic families that they really want their kids to learn their mother tongue. I guess, but if he's not doesn't feel very strongly, I'll just have them learn one of the languages that I'm learning because I, I I do think that that's important. And when you start younger, you learn quicker. It's just reality.
0: Yeah, that's true. I've always said even younger that I wanted my kids to be bilingual at least. And in order for that to happen, I used to think, well, I mean, the best way for that to happen is I marry someone who speaks another language. Also, I'm like, now that I'm learning Korean, I'm like, if I, if I can get fluent enough in Korean, first of all, to teach them myself slash, I can hire someone as well. I would want to, I want to stray away from that only because I don't want to force something on my kids like hiring someone feels like more of a force but if i have like a nanny there who's bilingual and i ask her to speak to them in korean
1: i'm doing that with the kids that i'm watching like it's really funny like when i when i go into work i'm like oh and she's like (laughs) and when i leave she's like and i'm like (laughs) and it's really
0: cute her mom loves it she she asked me if i would do it with her son who's in school right now and i'm like yeah sure that's awesome having something like that where it doesn't feel like a forced thing as a child just natural would be better of course I still would love to marry someone who is who speaks another language as well so that would be better they can learn like if he speaks Spanish or French or whatever he speaks you know he can talk to them in that language and they can learn I've seen like a lot of couples where the kids are learning, like the mom speaks in her language and the dad speaks in his language and they're learning those two. And like kids just pick it up because I mean, that's how they pick up English.
1: They're like sponges. They really right. are. Yeah. And they, and for some reason, depending on how young they are, they think that you're really cool when you can do stuff that they can't do. So if, if, you, if you use language as like, uh, hey, this is a game and I know how to play this game and I can teach you how to play this game,
0: they automatically want to play. But I don't think it's highly, like, it's not on my list. It's not like, oh, he's got to, like, be able to speak another language. No, not like that. I It just would be nice. And loves learning, definitely, I think. I need someone who's just open to, he doesn't have to love learning, love what I love learning. Like, if he's some guy that just loves learning about cars, you know, I hate, I don't like learning about cars. But, like, if he knows about cars, he could teach me about cars. I'll be happy to listen to that. Um, That way I can go to the mechanic and be like, uh, my husband knows what he's talking about. (laughs) So I know what I'm talking about. And this is what I need fixed. Sorry. I've had a lot of car problems recently, if anyone can't tell. (laughs) So mad. Anyway, so like, well, love's learning would be, would be nice. Yes.
1: So I'm going to kind of group these together. It says helps others slash me or has accountable friends. To me, those are kind of similar and one and the same. Like, if you have accountable friends, I feel like you will naturally be a helpful person. Maybe that's a bad assumption on my part, but I, I feel like they, those two qualities go hand in hand for me. Like, when when I'm most helpful to others is when I have accountable friends in my life saying, take the time that you need to take care of yourself. Or you need to get outside and take care of other people or stuff like that. So for me, I feel like if you have one, you kind of have the other one naturally.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think they're both important. Just from like marriages that I know of, like, of course, it's fantastic if your husband is your best friend and you guys hold each other accountable to things. But I still think outside of that relationship, you need accountable people in your lives. So I think of like our Our friend who's married and, you know, we hang out with her. We don't necessarily hang out with her husband, but we, we, we talk to each other. We help each other. We keep each other accountable. She can still talk to us actually about things that maybe she wouldn't talk to her husband about, which isn't a bad thing. It's just like, we're females. We understand each other better in that sense. So I think it's important that he also have his own group of friends that can hold him accountable for certain things, I also know, like specifically, I'm thinking of people in the church who have had issues w- while they're married, issues with pornography, and they've talked about it. And the husband, you know, he's he's surrounded by like his wife can only help him so much with something like that. She's hurting, right? Because she's hurting, and so he's got men around him that have either gone through it or know how to like help him get over this hurdle that's affecting his relationship with his wife. So you need something like that in your life when you're going through, or let's say the husband has cancer. Yes, the wife is there for him all the time, but maybe she's never had cancer. She's probably never had cancer. So if he's got friends around him that can help him that have had or know someone who's gone through and, you know, just, I'm thinking of different things like that. You need more than just your partner in your life. Next one is patient. I am not very patient,
1: so I would love it if my partner had this quality. I, th- I think for me, I would, I, w- I would say patient in the right situation. When I think of patience, sometimes I think of pushover, and I think I need to redefine patience in my mind. So I think that patience can be something that can be profitable for the relationship, but I need for him to still have strength from within So that he doesn't allow me to kind of push him on things that he's very passionate about or push over on him uh, on things that he's very passionate about just because he's being quote unquote patient with me. Yeah, I agree. So (laughs) what I saw this on a lot of lists and I'm just like, wow, we're living a funky world quite (laughs) literally. So
0: hygiene was very high on people's lists. What do you think, Brittany? Interesting. I don't have, I will be honest with you guys. I don't have the best hygiene. Doesn't mean that I'm gross or, you know, walking around like, you know, in my gunk like 24/7. There's just some things that I don't pay much attention to. So I have a little bit of leeway with that. However, if I'm the cleanest one we might have, I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I think I need I need someone with a little sense of cleanliness and hy- hygienics. Definitely, but I'm not gonna be like picky picky about it. I don't need a clean freak. I don't need like, or a germaphobe. Definitely, because I'm like, oof. I got friend. I got some friends in my life that like are not germophobic, but pretty close no, to they it. Are. <laughs> <laughs> pretty I, close to it. He won't say it. I will. Yeah. And if I lived, if I lived with any of those friends, our friendship would be over. So like, I don't need my husband to be like.
1: Like that too. The next one is ambitious and confident. I find that attribute very sexy in my mind. I am a driving force. I am at a point in my life where I'm tired of apologizing for it. And I would love it if he was driven and ambitious and confident in and of himself so that I do not have to be his ambition. Very direct, but also the way I, I honestly feel about that one. Like I I love it when someone is confident and, and ambitious. I just I oh it gives me so much energy like I love it
0: I used to think that I didn't need someone ambitious confident I think is good definitely because I'm not that confident myself but hopefully like being in a marriage with someone will make you both confident at least in that sense I don't know or help you to help each other's confidence you've got someone always like rooting you on you know I think about whenever my friends have something going on they don't feel that confident I can see certain sides of them that they don't see. So I try to boost that. So I think a husband or a wife can be like that for, for the person. Ambitious. I used to think I didn't really need someone that ambitious because I'm not very ambitious. Yes, I'm I'm ambitious, but like I'm also kind of just like relaxed about it, I guess. I don't have like crazy goals. And I thought that's what ambition was to have like these high, high goals. I realized somewhere like a year or two ago with someone that I was crushing on that Eventually, like, my crush kind of faded, at least in the personality sense or the, like, we're not made for each other sense. Because it seemed like he didn't have any goals yet in life or was a little wishy-washy. I was like that. It just became unattractive to me at that point. So, again, I don't care if your ambition is to be the best pro league gamer on your leg of legions League of Legends. Sorry, we <laughs> <I can't> even... are <laughs> gonna make the gamers shoot us. <laughs> no, I mean that's fantastic. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't care if that's like your biggest goal. Like you, you want to you. be the champion or whatever. You know, I that's fine as long as you have some kind of like goal or ambition in life. I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like I need to be a billionaire by the time I'm 35. Though I mean, find me that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So, does have having hobbies mean the same thing to you as ambition? Cuz that's our next one. For me, I do think I'm in a place now where I really do think that you need to have something outside of you. And even for me like outside of faith, you need to have something outside of your faith that brings you together that takes you someplace else. Because I think that if you keep just being with yourselves and even just with like married couples in general, You can typically find the married couples they are usually in a herd and you don't oftentimes see them like having a lot of single friends or having a lot of hobbies that they had before they got married. And so I I do think it's important that you have at least one of your hobbies that you had before you got into that relationship and that you continue to make that better. If that hobby is learning a language, then you work on that. If it's building things, then you work on that. If it's working on cars, um, I'll propose to you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think you need to have something outside of me and you need to have something outside of our communal faith to do. It doesn't become an obsession.
0: Yeah. You know, I agree. I mean, I take Korean lessons every week. Of course, I'd like to be in Korea and just speaking, but like if I still just doing that and I'm like taking Korean every week, I want to keep doing that even when I get married. So, you know, I hope that he has some kind of hobby as well. I was just talking to one of my students and he fixes sound machines or or records or something like that or he 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 orders in parts and switches out and makes his sound like better for his music and stuff like that that's his hobby and his wife is shopping like she likes to shop and so they both have that and he does the hobby with her like they go shopping together sometimes i don't think she necessarily helps him with the cd thing but i'm like if they can like if you can work together too might be fun as well so hobby hobby doesn't have to have hobbies, I guess, but at least having a hobby is good.
1: The next one is a team player. I mean, I feel like for me, that's one's fairly obvious. Like, it can't just be about me, and it can't just be about you. It's about the unit as a whole. But I think that now I have a more realistic view of team. And sometimes team doesn't mean that you're both giving 100%. It means that someone's giving 80, someone else is giving 20. Sometimes you're both giving 50-50. Sometimes you're giving all 100 and the other person's giving you nothing. And it it literally has to do with like mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. Team player means something a little different to me than it used to. Just because I've seen some other marriages and I'm starting to be mentored by some really good marriages in my life. They're just being very honest and candid that, you know, marriage is not 50-50. Everyone says it's 50-50. It's really not. And I'm just seeing that in real life examples and experiences and so I'm I feel like I'm more aware that you know sometimes I'm going to be giving more sometimes you're going to be giving more but the the question is will you be there
0: when your partner your fellow player in the game called life is going through a rough patch if you think about team player you're thinking about a sport I'm thinking about soccer in my head there is a different player a different position a different action they're working together to create and to win or lose this game, they're working together, but they're all they're all either maybe in that game, hopefully they're all giving the hundred percent, but sometimes there might be one that's like at his seventy or at his fifty, and they know this the team know this, so they're picking up that slack or something like that. so I totally agree that it's like team team doesn't mean that like we're all at a hundred percent and we're all going towards the same thing no like we're we're in different positions, we've got a different job. But that job helps us to get to be, to get in the same, to get to the same goal, which is like a happy marriage. You know, my husband may be like, again, physically drained or, or he can't give his hundred percent. That's fine. Maybe I can give my hundred percent at that time, or sometimes we're both at 20. Like, you know, it's, it's possible. So yeah, I agree. Next one is respects parents. I actually had a really
1: interesting conversation with someone recently about respecting parents and it meaning something different culturally for them than it did for me, and even mean something different from an American standpoint, versus a, we were talking about an Asian standpoint of respecting parents and what that would look like. I found it really interesting that in a lot of ways, respecting parents is the same from an African American standpoint, but there's a couple of cultural differences. So. For me, respecting parents just means that you have enough wherewithal that you you don't say everything and anything <laughs> to your parents and that you know that there's a line, though it be invisible as it is, you know that there's a line and you do not cross that line. There's different levels of respect in every culture, but I think you do need to be self-aware enough to know that. Okay, the line is here for this person. The line is here for this other person. This line is here for someone else. And if I'm going to walk into their world, I can't walk into their world with my level of respect. I have to walk into their world with their level of respect. Again, self-awareness to be aware
0: of what respect means in your context. Growing up, this was known as like a red flag. If the guy does not respect his parents, you do not need to be with him. Like that's a major red flag. However, the only the only exception I would make is if like his parents are no good. Like if his parents haven't been in his life, then I would change it to respects adults or respects elders in that case. But yeah, has some level of respect as in like listens and takes heed to what they say and underst- you know and tries to understand where they're coming from and and things like that because I have a great amount of respect for my dad. I mean, if my dad gave me directions or certain advice i would listen to it and take it my dad's not that kind of person though but if he did i would i would listen and i i don't wouldn't try to like intentionally go against what he said like i don't have a dis that disrespect for him so i don't ex- i don't want my husband as well to be that way either so next
1: one is kind of fun can cook
0: i think for me i would i would disagree.
1: Just because I'm going to give you a very short example. So our friend LJ and me occasionally would meal prep together. I enjoy cooking. It's really distress, distresses me. I enjoy it. I don't always want someone in the kitchen with me necessarily, especially if they don't know what they're doing. But she doesn't mind slash kind of loves cleaning. And so that relationship really, really works. Like when, I, when I'm just cooking and like literally tossing dishes behind me and like it's just a it's a whirlwind of activity. Like I love being done with cooking and not having any dishes. So for me, I would say can cook or has other skills that can contribute to the cooking and meals (laughs) because, because I really hate dishes.
0: (laughs) I completely agree. I finally have gotten to where I will do dishes with gloves on. I hate laundry more than dishes. Actually, I would agree. I want something like that. Now I don't cook a lot, but that's because I literally have no time or I get super exhausted. So when I pl- when I get married, the dream is to be a stay-at-home mom. So I will gladly do the cooking then. If he's like all for dishes, that'd be fantastic. Like if I cook, you do dishes, that'd be great. If he's a cook and he likes cooking, then like I'll compromise and he can do some things here and there, you know. <laughs> but I also believe like, I do believe like if I'm, I wouldn't say stay-at-home mom. Like that's not all I'm going to do. We all know that. But that's my dream. So I would contribute in that way. I like cooking, so I just don't get to do it a lot. I like making different meals and and things like that. And my mom was the person who mostly did the cooking as well. My dad did breakfast and then my mom did lunch and dinner. My mom, no, my dad did the dishes. Uh, My mom did them sometimes. So it was like a back and forth. So it worked out well.
1: So the next one is kind of a combination one. It's being faithful or trustworthy. Do you consider those two things different or the same?
0: I mean, they're similar, kind of the same. It's hard faithful i mean i definitely want someone faithful like faithful in like the relationship of course trustworthy definitely i mean i think those are two Like those might be like the two that and like faithful trustworthy and like maybe honesty might be like the top top keywords for me with someone you got to know that you can trust someone and that they're going to be honest with you if you're if you're going to spend the rest of your time on earth with them
1: yeah i I feel a little bad for whoever ends up with me because there's a lot of broken trust, a lack of trust, a lot of unfaithfulness, I guess, in my in my backstory. So I really do struggle trusting people. There's probably six people that I genuinely trust completely. and everyone else, I am day by day making choices. I'm going to trust them. Like I'm not gonna allow ba- bad experiences in the past to color my trust with them now. And that's just something that I have to work on. So I, I wanna be aware that someone else might be coming into the relationship with that kind of damage. And I also want them to have capacity for the fact that I am working on that. I'm trying to be better about that, but I really do need from day one, it not even to be a question. <laughs> you know, I, I don't plan to ever do anything to you. I'm, I know I'm going to because I'm human, but I am faithful to you and I'm going to tell you the truth. And I will try not to hide anything from you. Um, I try to be someone that you can kind of say anything to you, and it's in your rawest form. Like, please just tell me. Like, even if it's the very you think it's the very worst thing you could ever tell me, please,
0: for the love of God, just tell me. Someone who will tell you their first thoughts.
1: Yes, like, like, please just tell me the first thought. Like, don't, don't, don't wait until you got the tenth one figured out. Like, by that point, I'm probably mad. And I also probably know because I'm usually empathetic. So just tell me, please just tell me. So, hey, guys, this is a special question that we're going to add in for you guys. And actually a listener question that talks about dependence and depending on your partner. Initially, when I say the word dependence, Brittany, what do you think about?
0: Well, if you're thinking about it in a relationship, it's like being able to lean on each other, to depend on each other. Like we talked about support supporting each other but then if you're if I'm thinking about like economically I guess I th- also thought of that for some reason It's like when you have a dependence on the government or like money or something like that
1: that's also what I thought about about support so initially I almost didn't even think about this until this listener brought up the question so dependence physically so have you ever thought about your partner being disabled in any way Our listener asked about wheelchair disability. I actually, when I was doing the online dating thing, was talking to a guy who was uh, wheelchair disabled. And we talked about that. And he was very adamant that if we ever were to go out, he would not allow me to take care of him. He had staff for that. And he very adamantly told me that I would not. He would not allow me to take care of him. And initially, I... Didn't understand why, because in my mind I'm thinking I'm there, and if we were to actually have ended up working out I in my head, I wouldn't have minded I might have needed breaks, but I don't think I would have minded, but I just thought that that was very with hindsight now, I think it was very kind of him to be thinking of me in that way and taking care of me in that way that he could be dependent on me for like his mental and emotional needs but that he didn't want to depend on me for his physical needs because he didn't want that line to get blurred of like relationship versus care and service so
0: have you ever thought about
1: dating someone with physically dependent needs
0: whether it's wrong or not like I was just thinking as like it's never crossed my mind and I that's just some kind of like ideal or back you know prejudice that we don't realize we have or I don't know, just something that doesn't, you know, when you're thinking of a person, honest, I mean like when you, if you don't if you don't have anyone in your life who's disabled or anything like that or has a disability, you you just don't think about that. So it's never really it's never really crossed my mind. If I thought about it some more, I think it's something that requires would require more thought. It's it's also different if I go into a relationship knowing that the person has a disability. Versus if I am in a relationship already and someone, something happens and then someone has a disability too. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it does require a lot of thought and dedication. It's interesting about the guy like saying like he doesn't want you to like have to take care of him and things like that. Mm -hmm.
1: And around that time, I actually started following a couple of YouTubers who their spouses or partners did take care of them, and some of them specifically did not. And I think from that very short conversation relationship that I did have, I think I would date someone who was disabled. It's not, for me, it's not something that I would, I think I have capacity for it. I think I would draw the line, though, that I don't think I want to be a caretaker, because that's a different, it's a different kind of relationship. Just like for instance, I'm a nanny and I love kids, but the way I would treat and raise my own kids would be a little bit different than the way that I help raise and treat the kids I'm taking care of now. Like I'm not the starting foundation of the rules that are set in that home. I'm just coming alongside and continuing continuing the rules that are already there. And so I think that I would want To only depend on my partner for emotional, sexual, let's be honest, we're adults here. Emotional, sexual, spiritual, relational needs and not for what I would consider service needs. Right. Because I wouldn't want that line to get blurred where like, you know, when you're in a job and you really want to quit. If it's your spouse, it's less likely that you'll quit. And so I don't want to set myself up for a situation where I could be embittered or bitter towards them is my thought right now. It might change, but that's my thought about it right now.
0: Yeah, I think I can I think I can agree with that. But like I said, it's never crossed my mind. So it's something definitely to like cross my mind and and like actually have some thought about like my grandmother when she was, I don't know, maybe 50s or 60s. when I was young she lost both of her legs they had to be amputated because she has diabetes so she was she had on she had prosthetics put on but a lot of times she was in a wheelchair and things like that so my grandfather you know I think she was she was pretty okay for a while but like you know they had I think occasionally they had people that would like nurses that would come and help so things like that so that because my grandfather was also older so it's like you know it's better to have at that point like a nurse come in to help them, my grandfather doing that. So that's what I think of as well.
1: Fair, fair, fair. Good question. Thank you, listener, for that question. The last one is supportive. How important is that? And what for this one, for this last one, let's try to give a real life example of where it would have been nice to have someone supportive in your life.
0: I think it's important. I'm just thinking about, again, like the confidence or something like that. Like You need someone who's going to be there to support you. I mean, that's why we say like, in our vows what through thick and thin or something like that oh sick and sick and sick poor, and sick and health poor things like that when my mom passed away i needed people there to support me i did have people to support me otherwise i don't you know i wouldn't have made it through that i would have i would have just wallowed in self-pity and like stayed in my room and never left so when like life hits you hard it's important to have someone if you're in a relationship someone who's going to support you through those things. It's also important that you have someone who's accountable. So someone who's going to support you, but isn't going to let you get away with doing the wrong thing or acting rude in a certain, you know, or anything like that too. Another important attribute to have.
1: For me, supportive is all those things. I especially want to touch the last one that Brittany talked about, about, you know, you're supportive, but you still push back on what the person says. So a real life example of that for me is my roommate. I really can't say kind of anything to them in the, in the Ross form. Like, I despise blah, 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 blah. I'm so angry. And they just allow that to happen. And so for me, that's support. But then at the end, and when I'm no longer or less angry, there's always like this comeback of, okay, so now that you've gotten it out, what are you going to do about it? Or what are we going to do about this? Or how are you going to fix this? I love that. I love it that I can be raw and my truest self and that I can also be held accountable for what I say and what I'm going to do. And so for me, that's support. So I, I would love to have someone who is unafraid of angry Malia and who knows that there's a good person in there somewhere while I'm still angry but who can call me back to myself and to what's truly important to me. I think at the end of the day like what's really truly important to me is that I I don't burn bridges, that I don't set a bad example and that I am responsible. Like someone who can pull me back to kind of like I guess you could call it a mantra. It's not I don't really call it a mantra, but it's something that's always on my mind is that I'm being respectful respectful, responsible and accountable and so someone who can bring me back to that center goals is supportive in my mind so guys this was our 20 things that women want i hope that it was helpful especially for our guy listeners we still have like 30 25 to 30 percent of guys listening Whoa. guys holla. <laughs> so hopefully this was helpful and even for the ladies out there i hope that this was helpful that instead of just saying oh i want this or i would like to have this Give some more context to what you need or what you want so that someone can actually give it to you the way that you need to receive it.
0: You got to know what you want. Otherwise, it's not going to be healthy. So just, you know, think on these things. If you if you haven't sat down and thought about it, we've probably been thinking about it way too much. We've had a lot of time on our hands <laughs> as far as relationships are concerned. <laughs> so if you want to take some from our list, go
1: ahead. Uh huh. Go for it. Guys, thank you for showing up for the podcast every Friday at 3. We will talk to you guys next time. Until then, peace out. Bye. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to Therapy with Millennials. To keep up to date on our episodes, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Come follow us on Instagram at Therapy with Millennials.
1: Have any suggestions for the show or want to get in contact with us? email us at teawithmillennials at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.